We're live, Allison. Late and live. Live and late. Live and, <laughs> live and late. <laughs> live, How are live you doing today? today? I'm doing good. <laughs> that's awesome oh how are you how how can we in, enjoy this morning more together well I do have some good news to share it's personal good news yeah <laughs> uh, my home renovation is nearing completion so this has been going on I was I've been talking to my CBAers about it a little bit um last December Carter and I replaced the main beam in our house which was quite an undertaking. Quite a project. <laughs> uh, and that was the beginning of, we didn't realize it at the time, but it was the beginning of a year long, massive renovation. Oh, so our siders have left because we had our siding. We've got all new windows, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, we have all new siding. We have a whole, we gutted the whole, almost the whole downstairs. We have all new everything. Wow. Um, <laughs> the thing about the ciders have been here for an entire month. And the funny thing about having ciders here is that they're always looking in your windows <laughs> of their job. <laughs> and they started work at seven o'clock promptly every morning. Mm -hmm. So, and we don't really have any like, whoa, shades or anything. Um, so. <laughs> so you just constantly have faces looking in the window. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So they are all done. Um, our contractors have one more room to paint and then they're pretty much all done. We have a little bit of electrical work that still needs to happen, but the electricians did pop in over here today so I could plug in my Christmas tree because I put this huge Christmas tree, plugged it into the outlet. That was like our new outlet. I'm like, it's not, turned, I'm not live yet. <laughs> so I have like an extension cord running, you know, but they popped in over, they got that, that, uh, that outlet working and Yay. we're almost done. It's That's been a awesome. year. It's That's been a, a year. huge project. Oh my gosh. So, so, so we're almost done as in like the side, like no more faces looking in the window. Like all, all the people will be dispersing here. We're almost like almost done with the whole entire project. We're just, we're waiting on a couple of like, there's one thing in the kitchen that needs to be finished up. That's, you know, like minor. And then we need a countertop in our one bathroom, but that's like, and we have to paint one room. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I know. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh 2021 has been a, a year of transformation for mm -hmm. me and I am feeling it so strongly right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love it when you, it's so tangible. I mean, obviously it's tangible when it's like physical house presence, like where you are in your environment, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we did some interesting things. So we don't actually have like a living room anymore. <laughs> we have a giant kitchen with like a living room area in it and which was not planned at the beginning, but has turned out to be such an incredible gathering space. Mm. I love it. It's, it's like so, a great room. It's like, a, it's kind of like a great room. Yeah. Do you want to see? I can actually maybe go down there and show you guys. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I also like a lot of my design decisions were based around how easy it would be to clean. So uh -huh. <laughs> That's the best. prioritizing my sanity here. <laughs> All right. There were times, many times throughout this whole project that I thought, oh my gosh, this is never, ever going to be done. Um, but here we go. <laughs> Hold on. I don't really actually know how to do this. Okay. So there's our sitting Oh, area. cool. And then we're actually, I'm walking backwards here. We're actually in the kitchen. Oh, that looks so good, Jess. That's there so we fun. What a great gathering place. Right? Actually, we do need to, uh, now that I'm down here, I'm seeing more things that aren't done. I forgot we have to get some backsplash and whatever, but you know what? I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> details, details. Details, details. This whole, this room used to be our living room and it used to have super low ceilings. Now we have nice high ceilings. I love the shape. Fireplace used to end much lower. Now it goes all the way up to the ceiling. That's it's so like fun. so many things. So I love that. Yeah, we have windows to show our view, which we didn't really have before. Yeah, your that. windows are awesome now. Yeah. Look at all yeah. your light. I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. How fun. So, you get to live there. If anyone is questioning whether they can build a business while their kids are home from school <laughs> and there are contractors here every single day <laughs> uh, and still maintain your sanity. There are some rough moments. Don't get me wrong, but you really can do it. You can do whatever you put your mind to. Yes, you can. I love that. <laughs> so that's, that's my awesome. little. <laughs> Yay. Yay. It's my exciting news. I don't know what I'm going to do without having like the sound of banging in the background all the time. It's going to feel so weird. You're going to be like, you're so quiet. Something's missing. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And you have a lot of land, right? So you have like a lot have, of Yeah, we live on 30 around. acres. So mm -hmm. we have a lot of, a lot of nature. Yeah. That's awesome. So cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Amy says you'll get used to it fast. <laughs> Somebody says, I think my whole house could fit into your kitchen area. That is basically the whole house. Remodeling, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. It's just, you know, it's such a blessing. I mean, I, I work with so many people who um, just, the, you know, the nature of clutter is that you, it's hard to maintain. It's hard to, to do to create space that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you do, it's so magical. It, mm -hmm. it changes every part of your life. Yes, that is a hundred percent true. Like it is really, really important that the environment that you put yourself in. And I remember, um, like not knowing anything about interior design or just like anything about the space that I would be in. I was just sort of like, Oh, you just buy furniture and like this is what houses look like from my childhood right 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 <laughs> so, right <laughs> so when I started to realize like oh this could look like this picture here and that picture makes me feel like I want to be in that space and I want to stay <laughs> here forever and I just feel so happy and my whole house can look like that <laughs> if I want to 
that that changed a lot. Yeah. Space is empowering. That's I mean, so when hard. you think about spaces that you go into, you know, I, I and I don't know if I'm more sensitive to like how space feels, but definitely certain spaces I just remember forever and ever. You know what? One of my favorite spaces is Grand Central Station. Have you ever been to Grand Central Station in New York City? I think so, but it's been a long time. Oh, it's such an empowering space. It's so beautiful and majestic and mm-hmm. energetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Allison, do you can you recall any spaces that have felt very empowering to you? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm also very, very um like specifically sensitive to architectural spaces. I always have been. So I've, I, I didn't, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of one in particular, but I do love huge open spaces, like really, really just where you just feel like you can like, just go like run down them. And there's just like all this space to be in. It, it just feels like, it feels like being alive to me. I really yes. love wide open spaces. So I, I love it in nature specifically, but I also just love architectural um, pieces. I'm, I'm, I was a commercial artist before in my previous line of work. And so it was like, I just love, I just love all the, the elements of it and all the, all the shapes and all the, the things to see and the way that they all work together. So spaces, I can't think of one in particular, but if if it's a really big open space with a lot of light, it just does something to my soul. Well, and that connection of bringing the outdoors into the indoors, it's scientifically proven to make your life better, <laughs> but yeah. it, it feels so magical when you're in a, you know, a home or a building that the architects have really connected the indoor and the outdoor and it it does feel really powerful. In the comments, let us know what is your what space empowers you. Do you have a space that you feel very empowered when you are in that space? Yeah. And can <laughs> and do you have any spaces in your own home that you've created with that? Because and as much did you create that in your own home? <laughs> <laughs> because as much as I, I mean, we have spaciousness in my home, which we built our house. So there was a lot of that built in, which is a really fun experience too. And also very long, (laughs) but, but I have found also that even just the tiniest of little corners can be empowering as funny as that sounds like just creating a space and then walking to it. It's like, there's something so tangible there that connects to our spirit. I have all these plans for like, I'm in a little nook and I have like all these plans for what I want to do back here. It's, it's very plain right now, but I want to make it one of those little like spaces that you just be just walking into. It feels like you're put yourself in a whole different frame of mind. Yes. You're going to do it. So what are your plans for that space, Allison? (laughs) I, I don't have I don't have like anything elaborate. I just want it to be white and I want there to be greenery and I want there to be big splashy colors. So I'm I'm still thinking about what I want that exactly to like the pieces to be. But in my mind, I have colors and I have greenery and I have a lot of white. (laughs) You ever seen a living wall before? (sighs) Can you tell me how to do that? How do you get a living wall? 
Okay, you can actually build or buy these little kits on Amazon that you just hang up and they have um, like the LED lights for the plants and then they have like little pockets that the plants live in and they have automatic okay. watering systems and everything and they're not that expensive and incredible. Okay, I have been, I didn't know that that was the term, but I've been, <laughs> I've seen things and I'm like, what is that? How do you do that? That's probably like really hard. Because <laughs> I kind of had the, had that in my mind, but I didn't. Thank you. I'm so glad that we spoke about this today. <laughs> a living wall. It is incredible. I have um, a friend who is a massage therapist in the studio that she owns. She has a living wall there. And it's a very, the wall itself would be a very dark location. There's no windows, nothing, right? But because of the LED lights and the plants, it is so vibrant uh, cozy, empowering. It manages to like check all those boxes. Oh my gosh. That's like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yes. Have a living wall. <laughs> you guys are all going to see this now. Cause now you're going to see like my, my gray plate, plain gray background be transformed. <laughs> you know, you can put little twinkle lights on it too. <laughs> that's something I wanted to do because yeah. we have, we've, we've done more with our Christmas lights this year. We're putting them up in other places of the house. And I just, it's just so magical. It's just like, this changes everything. <laughs> the twinkle light effect is really incredible. It is. Yeah. They just need to be up all the time, especially in the winter, like leave it up all winter long until the yeah. sun comes out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what are these little pieces that can like, soothe our soul in these points of time. Patty, the main room at Ellis Island, it's a huge space with grand stairs and an upper balcony standing on the balcony looking down makes me feel so powerful. Yes, mm. Ellis Island is one of those spaces. There's so much history there. The space itself is so incredible. And just to think of the immigrant experience coming in through Ellis Island. I know a lot of my ancestors came through Ellis Island and it, it really, it it really, it's really powerful for me. Um, I'm just going to go through these comments right quick because we have, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, Amy says, I love big old theaters. I can sit in them and stare at the majesty of them forever. Yes, oh, yeah. totally agree. The ceilings, the intricate painting, the gold leafing, it is incredible. Uh, Sherry says, my empowered space is my living room with the furniture I picked out and just the right brightness to it. Sherry, I love that you have an empowering space right in your home. Oh, yes. That's the best. Yelena says, I like the room I emptied out for my daughter. I took everything I could out and it has so much space. I think our dog likes it better as well. I say this all the time. Kids and animals love floor space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Floor, well, I love floor space. <laughs> I, I like to sit on the floor. It's always been a thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Facebook user says, I went to a very modern, clean look and feel small hotel with a minimalist vibe. I felt so carefree there that mm. the clear surfaces, right, really do help you process information. It's, it's mm -hmm. really good for your brain. And Facebook user says, believe it or not, I feel an odd sort of empowerment when I visit a cemetery. I totally believe it. I love cemeteries. I love walking my dogs in cemeteries. Mm -hmm. I love hanging out in cemeteries, especially historic cemeteries uh, have so much beautiful architecture. Yeah. Totally with you on that one. That's awesome. <laughs> I love, I love this. This is a great conversation because <laughs> I've always, I've always felt that there is something about spaces that like 
we're not we're we're not we're not really taught how to tap into or tune into unless you're like an interior designer and you know about these types of things but i feel like just as an everyday part of humanity like we're not really taught to think about the space that's around us we're always we're always directed towards the things and the stuff that fill it but the negative space and it's funny that the term is negative, but that's <laughs> the, the stuff outside of the, the stuff, right? The, the, space the stuff that's the not stuff. material. We <laughs> called it negative space in graphic design. That's what I used to do. We called it white space or negative space. And right. so whenever... I, I think people are pretty familiar with negative space, right? So if yeah. you have like the negative space around my body is like all here. It's the right? empty space. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the air. And that's we, like, we need to call so this positive valuable. space. Positive space. <laughs> positive space. Let's just, let's just start a movement and change the term. Because positive space, space movement. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, because there is something that is like, that's actually what makes up most of what we're living. Like the, the physical matter of us, ex of what we're experiencing is like, like uh, the tiniest of fractions. I saw it one time. It was like 0.00001% of the actual substance of what we're living in. So the space around us, there's soul in there. There's energy in there. There's something really, really important in there. And the spaces that we put ourselves in can change like dramatically how we experience things. Absolutely. Why are, why are we taught that space isn't important and stuff is more important? Obviously there's more money and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's such a funny thing to me. I don't so think I was ever taught about space being no, important. No, never. <laughs> In fact, when we try and as teenagers express ourselves in our own space, often our parents put the kibosh on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even like needing space and like, yes. I, I, I just need space to process something or like that's often responded to negatively. Like what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you come talk this out? Or like just the whole quality of space, like the air around us <laughs> and what we allow for our own um, energetic aura. Like that's it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <It's fascinating>. <laughs> <Fact>. <laughs> Here's uh -huh. another one. When I work with blended families, uh, space ownership is really important. And that's one of like the, the core concepts that I teach is everyone needs to feel like they have their own space that they have ownership over and it's their space and no one else's space. So especially when you're blending two families together and you have a lot of, uh, you might have a lot of coming and going and, and kids staying at the house only a certain number of days or whatever. It's so important to create that space for each child. Even it doesn't have to be a whole room, but it has to be a clearly defined space somewhere in the house mm -hmm. because that having that space will provide a, a, a foundation of comfort Mm -hmm. And then your blended family can have that foundation to start to grow from. Everyone has their own space and then you can come together as a family in a communal space. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's like, I could see how that could just, I mean, that could change so many things about a family dynamic if those kind of permissions were given. <laughs> well, here's another one that is also kind of interesting is when uh, two people get married and one person has the established residence that the other person moves into. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes the person who moves into the other person's house feels a lack of space ownership and feels mm -hmm. like the house is not their house. And if you are building a 
future with somebody and you're living with them, it's really important that everybody feels equally ownership over the space that you're living in, right? So that's another really powerful one. Uh, So here is my crazy advice. (laughs) One person, only one person that I know of has ever taken this advice and it worked out really well. (laughs) But if you are moving into somebody else's house, your future, your significant other, if you're moving into your significant other's house and they have an established house, you are leaving your house and or apartment or living situation, moving into their house and even using the word their house instead of our house, right? The language around it. The best strategy is to rent some pods, empty out that house, fully empty it out, (laughs) clean it, paint it, move in together. Move in together. Uh, It's your house together. (laughs) That would totally change the feel of like, of, of reestablishing this is how we think about this area because yeah. it would you would feel it if you you paint a house it feels different it's not just like making someone <laughs> well and a lot of times also you find uh people are moving into family homes right so they're moving into with their future whatever and mm-hmm. husband or wife or, and they're living in the family home so that it's not only like your future significant other's stuff it's their family stuff and then there's tons of stress uh, around that. Yeah. Nobody talks about this. But Nobody this talks <laughs> about this. But that's that is so true. I I had just like I'm trying to remember um when we first got married, we moved into a a new place. It wasn't either of our places, but it was back in the day, back in the day, we had one car and his it was his car and his cell phone. Like I didn't have a cell phone. It was this, and and I just, I, now I understand it. Now I have language around it, but I remember feeling like suffocated. Like I don't, I don't even like, I don't have a way to travel. I don't know, have a way to speak about to anybody without like first <laughs> running it by you. <laughs> like, I, that's, this is a, this is kind of a big topic. It's a really big topic. Yeah. yeah. Space ownership and feeling comfortable in your space and and creating empowering spaces, they're massively huge topics, but they are not given the attention that they deserve. Hmm. So what are some ways that we can help people take back their own authority on their space ownership? Well, Allison, this is going to come as a big surprise to you, but... (laughs) The answer is communication. <laughs> it's a concept you've probably never heard of before. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> so you want to look at the space in your house and you want to figure out what space is my space, what space is your space, and what space is our space, right? Just like everything else that you negotiate when it comes to families, relationships, and living situations, you have to figure out space. Who is responsible for this space? How can we make this space feel good for everyone here? Who is going to clean up this space? Who's going to maintain this space? Whose stuff is going to be in this space? Like all of that really matters when it comes to day-to-day life. It's all the little things that make the biggest differences, right? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, like what the biggest argument you probably had with your spouse most recently was over something so insignificant that it was mm. crazy significant. Right? Mm-hmm. 
That is always the way it is. Yeah. Right. Like how to load the dishwasher. Apparently it takes a, you know, degree in rocket science. I don't know. from experience. Next to your dirty laundry. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. I get it. I mean, <laughs> So the space thing really matters because when you feel like that you have your own space, that you have control, it's a control thing too, right? Mm -hmm. You have executive control over this space. Mm -hmm. It's freeing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. It's like, there's this um, dampening effect of I'm living in this area, but I don't have total ownership over it. And it's not, it's not just like just the physical space, but like in this space of my life, I don't have total ownership over this thing. I have to like run it by someone or I have to like get approval or I have to do this or that. And so there's this constricting effect, like your brain just is like, well, whatever, I can't do anything about it anyway. And so then that's how things get to places where we don't want them. Right. Yeah. Everything is about ownership. That's everything I coach on to. Control, ownership. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're pretty interchangeable. How, how do you, when you hear the word control, does that come across um, like negatively to you? Because some people take that as negative. Is that why you use ownership instead? It is. Well, ownership, ownership like for me, ownership really resonates. You, you have ownership over the word ownership. I get I it. Do. <laughs> I do. Words. I have so much ownership over words. <laughs> I Whereas love control feels like it's owning you. Is that the? <laughs> well, control has this like. I for me, I have this thing where I'm like, am I just a control freak? Is it just like a controlling thing? Like maybe it was how the word's been used in my past. I, I think. Here's a, a little tiny tip, you guys. What are the chances it's not based on your past? Zero. <laughs> Here's a tiny tip, okay? If any word ever makes your body like rebel, pick a different word. <laughs> because I, I heard you even speaking the other day about consistency and my whole body rebels at the word consistency. How do you feel about accountability? Oh, I hate it. Yeah, I think they're actually distinctly different consistency and accountability, but yeah. a lot of people use them interchangeably. Yeah. Well, responsibility, same thing too. It was always like, <laughs> it turns into this shame thing. Like I'm not doing something right. I'm not doing enough. I'm bad somehow. It's all their inter internal filters. I know all this now. I can like be outside <laughs> of that, but it's one thing to constantly be talking with my brain about like, okay, it doesn't mean this. I don't have to think this. And it's another thing to just pick a different word. <laughs> So I like the word ownership. <laughs> Do you have any word that ends in uh, like, okay, so you don't like consistency or accountability or responsibility. So uh -huh. any word that ends in uh, itity, <laughs> ability, itability, <laughs> any word that ends in itity, I-T-Y that you actually like. So no consistency, no responsibility, no accountability. Oh, there's lots of words I like with that ending. Like, give me just one. <laughs> Validity. <laughs> can you do two <laughs> hold on <laughs> I, I have to think for a second but i i know there it's it's just about satiability like, that's not a word <laughs> is it though i don't know <laughs> you can add that to like a lot of words so 
it's, it's <laughs> the always, one that just always... came to mind is not appropriate to say on live television. <laughs> Text it in the comments. <laughs> Text it in the comments. A word that you might use in college at a bar when you're single. <laughs> Oh. it's actually not a real word it's a made-up word that's commonly it's common it's a common you know commonly made up word it rhymes with muckability <laughs> there we go just in case you didn't know where i was going with it way, way to just get around it i love it <laughs> not that i would mind if you could just say the words <laughs> Well, I, you know, sometimes we have kids listening, and so I just try oh, yeah. and be like sensitive. Yeah. You know, yes, I get it. Complexity. Get it. Oh, I like that word, complexity. Mm-hmm. There's an itty word. Mm-hmm. I love the word complex because I feel like that gives all the like these. Just it's like breathing fresh air. <laughs> this is how I feel about words <laughs> because because it's like yes. It's complex. This is, it's all complex. We're complex inside of ourselves. We're complex in our relationships. We're complex in our spaces. Yes. It's all yes. there and it's all Sustainability, allowed. another good word. Great word. This is so fun. I love the direction this is going, you guys. <laughs> Jess, I don't know if you saw it, but I, I posted something a while ago about like, like my love for thesauruses. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how much I love words. I literally, I have to find the right word. And if something is even having like a twinge in me, like I'm trying to like get my mind around a concept, but I'm, it's got stupid words in it, like consistency. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what is it? What am I going for? I pull out the thesaurus all the time. <laughs> well, I like alliteration, which is why I use the, 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 the thesaurus all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Every program I create, I like it to be alliterative. So oh, <laughs> is that a word, fun. alliterative? <laughs> I just made Probably. that one up too. Just no rules here. <laughs> Sustainability, complexity. It's mm, mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Allison, start with this? <laughs> well, I just wanted oh, to okay. share something with you. I have to, I have to tell you something that might ruin our friendship right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. I probably don't follow you on Facebook. I've probably unfollowed you. Oh, we've discussed this before. No oh, okay, good. <laughs> no, and I understand the reasoning. Like, just unfollow and follow because... I only what- follow people I don't know. <laughs> That's my Facebook rule. I love that because, because your Facebook rule is to help you to have the in-person contact relationship. Like you want our relationship to be here. Like this is how you know me. And I have a great appreciation for that. I mean, if I hated the sources and then I saw that you posted that you loved them, I would feel like, oh, I don't really like Allison as much as I used to like Allison. And I don't want like a thesaurus post to get in the way of our beautiful friendship. I love it. I just love it. (laughs) Feel free to unfollow me. I I plan to get more and more vocal as I get more and more empowered. So if it ever bothers you, it's okay to unfollow people. Unfollow, unfollow. All allowed. It is allowed. Yeah. So just to spell out my Facebook strategy when it comes to anyone that I know, I do not follow your posts. It's not personal. It's actually to it's to maintain the integrity of our friendship. So so what you've done there is you've created your own boundary system because 
all relationships have its own space. Ooh, ooh, look at how I'm about to tie all this together. Right back to space. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is actually, I, one of my favorite things is to just put the visual out there. Like the things that are, the way we feel has a visual to it. So if you can see it, it helps you to understand it better. Oh my gosh, Allison, let's talk about digital media space because digital media space is space that you feel that you have ownership over, that you do not have ownership over. And it's like, basically, whenever you go into your digital media space, social media space, it's full of other people's stuff. And then you get upset because it's in your space where it should only be your views and your pictures of cute cats meowing, or babies cooing or whatever it is. It's very upsetting because it's taking over your space with their stuff mm. and you don't have control over it. But you do. So when there. you think about, well, let me even just clarify. When you say your digital media space, what do you mean? Like your news feed and Facebook, your Facebook feed your or your Instagram profile? Feed. Because I do think of these as separate spaces. Okay. I never look at my profile, so I don't mm-hmm. even know what's there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I somebody it. was selling some sunglasses and tagged me and a hundred other people in a post, you know, I, like, I don't know. I don't even know who yeah. you are. <laughs> I very, I very quickly untag and remove those types of people because I think of my profile as this is my front porch. Like if if it's on my profile, it's like this is this. Yes, it's the world is allowed to like come and hang out, but also this is my space. So don't come, don't come making a mess. Put it nicely. You remember in, my space? In my front porch. The original Facebook was my space. I know. Oh, I never actually had it. My space. Yeah. But it wasn't your space. <laughs> See what they did to you there? I I do think of my ownership. I do think of, of having ownership over my Facebook profile though. Hmm. And I think of having ownership. I think it's all about how. I think it's all how you construct the boundaries that you need. Because even your newsfeed, like if you're just scrolling on Facebook and every other post is triggering you, you there's no like unfollow these people. It, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it, it can still be a curated uh, safe place for you. It, so it's, and it should it's, be. We do have ownership. Like we do have ownership over these things. Well, we don't have ownership, but we have control. <laughs> no, seriously. We do like have control. We have some control. We have zero ownership. So that space mm. actually is not owned by us. It's not our space. We can control a little bit. We can filter and control a little bit. We can curate mm. instead of control. We have curation mm. ability. There's a good but, but it's not, we don't have ownership over it. And that's why you see about a hundred advertisements on the side. You see oh, advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just don't have ownership over it. You're buying into somebody else's thing. We have ownership over our energy in that space. Yes. Okay. I like that. And control (laughs) over your energy. It's all very complex, Wes. There are lots of pockets of ownership in the way in which we handle ourselves in spaces. The complexity is overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) So much complexity. You have to create a sustainable relationship with your social media. Yes. So break down the complexity, take back the control and have ownership over certain areas. <laughs> yes. 
it is all, oh, I love that. I love, I love thinking about everything as relationships. Like, because the relationship itself is its own space. Yes. Like, there's me and my energy. There's the, the person or the, the, you know, entity organization over here. And like my relationship with them is its own space too. Okay. So this is very interesting. What spaces, what digital media, social media spaces make you feel empowered? It's totally coincidentally in Clutter Boss Academy, which I feel is the most empowering space on the internet, personally. Uh, <laughs> our banner picture is a picture of a woman with lightning bolts coming out of her hands. And it says empowerment happens here inside this space, right? Mm -hmm. An empowering space. Mm -hmm. I haven't even thought about how unempowering the rest of the social media space is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I've been kind of mulling around like this concept of creating a sense of a physical space within, so like within the internet, that's like not a physical space, but it is yes. like, it's a space energetically and how you create the space that you want. It's just this, this, this interesting place to be in. <laughs> it's a weird space. It's a new space. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So I look at Facebook 100% as a business entity, right? Which is why my personal views in Facebook with Facebook and my interactions with Facebook are very different from others, right? Mm -hmm. It's the only thing I ever want to use Facebook for. And am I 100% with this? No, <laughs> no, I am not. I am only human, but I try to be as close as possible. I want Facebook to be a business entity. I want it to be a place where I reach out to millions of people, where I can interact with a lot of people and help them through my business. So I don't think of it as personal at all, which is another reason why I unfollow everyone that I know, because uh, I don't want it to become personal. So, and it's also why I don't think of my profile as, I, I don't give it the same respect and <laughs> honor that you give your profile, mm -hmm. Allison. Mm -hmm. front porch. I love that front porch idea. Yeah. And I have a like totally other way of creating my business around it because for me, my business feels very much like this is an extension of me. So whatever is, and we're different like categories in what we coach on, right? But for me, it's like the things that I am passionate about, the things that really spark me and light me up or that I have lots of opinions about those that's cr what creates my vibe so if you want to come into my living room and be around me this is going to tell you like what that's going to be like is that a space you want to be in or not do your kids tell you they're vibing <laughs> uh, not yet <laughs> they, will. they will this is a like i love thing. the word vibe ruined by the next generation <laughs> So I'll ask the girls what they're doing. They're saying, they'll say, just vibing. Oh gosh. Okay. Does that mean that you're doing drugs? Or is it I mean, I don't know. Please be more specific. We're just vibing. I mean, are you moving? Like the vibe? Like Oh my gosh, I love it.
from my general observation, vibing means lying in bed with an iPad in your hands. <laughs> I wonder, do you know what? You like Feeling. the thesaurus. I love the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up vibing right now in the Urban Dictionary to see if my definition is accurate. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's see here. Urban Dictionary vibing probably can't even read what it says. Hanging, doing nothing, chilling, listening to music. <laughs> doing right nothing. on. Spot on. Exactly. <laughs> we just vibing in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> or it means have a good time with good vibes. I've been doing really, I've been doing really lately. I've been vibing. Okay. <laughs> radiating a distinct emotional aura that others can detect. I'm vibing, dumb fool, with an emphasis on dumb. That's not very kind. <laughs> See, is this how it's always like to read the Urban Dictionary? Oh my gosh, that do you not read why I don't read it. No, I want the thesaurus. I want, I want words because for every word, there's like 50 other words that can be more nuanced and more specific and reach me in my soul. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to translate something. But how did you know soul. then what it means to be a Karen? I had to look it up in the Urban Dictionary. I heard this term. I'm like, is that her name? Like... <laughs> This, this this comes to me all through just interactions with people as I hear them use it. And I'm like, okay, so this is a thing now that all the generations are using. <laughs> or when my kids refer to me as a boomer. They do not. Hey, Come boomer. On. Oh, no. No, no. No, no, I think no. it's hilarious. Actually, I love being called a boomer because it's so not my generation, first it's of all. It's not the generation at all. Like my parents. Just... Well, the funny thing is I'm in a micro generation of only three years. It's There's a lot of different names for it, but it's like no one would ever know it or refer to me it as, refer to me as that generation. So what are the really three it's, years? It's um, 1979 to 1982. So, okay, so I'm 83, and I think I've seen what you're talking about this before. The Xennials? At one point, they included 83, but then they didn't. I don't know. Well, I so think, I, you know, I there's know a little. So, like, basically, this <laughs> micro generation. Allison, you're younger than I am. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> this micro generation grew up without technology as younger children, so we have distinct memories of having no technology. See, I fit in that. Yes, you. Yeah, I think I would. I think put it depends you on the household. Yeah. It depends on the household. <laughs> well, I mean, no, there was no technology for the first, say, like ten-ish years of our lives, and then mm -hmm. there was technology. So it's okay, a, yeah, it's a huge difference, right? Because we remember life before and life after, pre and post, like <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, did you have like an old giant computer that you played snake, that snake game? Do you remember that? Snake I, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, actually sometimes, but I really wasn't allowed to do any of those games, but just because like my parents didn't want us to, I don't know. I actually don't remember. I, I, I'm talking off the top of my head. I don't remember. I remember like kind of having like a memory of that, but it wasn't the thing we did all the time. What I remember is the, huge computer screen that only was green on it and you could only 
type. Like, yes, you can see yes. the letters appear on it. You could write like slash something, and something would happen. But it was just more like more numbers. And letters. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and so in high school, we had AOL. We had dial-up AOL connection, yep. right? And everybody mm-hmm. had a fake name that was like slightly pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> like mine was Star Love. Like, <laughs> love it. I don't know. Did I like stars? Maybe I was into astrology. I haven't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so though. Uh, <laughs> did you That's, dial up chat on AOL? <laughs> we, oh yeah. Dialed up on AOL. Um, and you actually, were in these chat rooms also where you didn't actually, know anyone else. I wasn't allowed to be in chat rooms <laughs> and I'm actually not sure if we had AOL. I think we had like the, the cheaper version Juno. Juno. <laughs> you remember Juno? I don't no. know if anybody really knew Juno. My parents <laughs> were really good at finding those kinds of things. But I remember <laughs> I remember getting it's gonna fail. Let's invest in it. <laughs> but like no, just like finding the the off brands of things. Yeah. Like this is actually so much cheaper. Um I I just remember email being like the world opened up. I like email was everything like, Oh my goodness, we can send messages to people. <laughs> and now I hate yes. email. I don't I hate email, but now it's just like, what do you do with email? It's just so crowded. <laughs> All right. Can we talk about my email list and how like 9% of my followers open emails for me, even though I pay somebody for like really catchy titles and she's an amazing emailer, copywriter, her stuff is actually worth reading. What does it take to get people to open up emails? Well, I, so for a long time, you are amazing with your emails. You are killing it with emails. If you're not on Allison's email list, you should be because she actually writes really incredible stuff that you want to read. Oh, thank you. I, I took, um, like I started homeschooling and I was like, something has to give. So I haven't emailed in a bit, but I'm about to again. So get on my email list. Hurry up. It's your one chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, I, I used to follow, well, I still do follow somebody who's amazing at just email. Like that's, that's his whole thing. And he always says, don't pay attention to the open rates. First of all, because they're not accurate, because like some systems don't like even tell you it correctly. That's true. I don't pay that close attention to them, but I still find that they're abysmally low. That's my, that's as far as my attention goes. Like, whoa, nobody opened this. (laughs) (laughs) It, It just, people just, I think that emails, emails are a funny, a little bit of a funny thing because it's, it's again, it's its own space. Mm-hmm. So, so there's this element of, there's like a quality of the space that you're in, in the email inbox that you have to really create. Um, and the people who get a lot of people following them through emails are often not active on social media. And that's like the only place to find them. So I think it's just kind of like all the spaces and I never look at those numbers because my my brain does all kinds of stuff with that kind of thing. Well, Sherry, it's so good to know. <laughs> she said it's because of my consistent emails over the a year that I finally opened the one <laughs> in March of this year. Yeah, and see, I guess if you're only going to open one email, it, that <laughs> let's <laughs> make sure it's a good email that's going to get you closer connected. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of elements to communication and space. Yeah. 
so much complexity. <laughs> so here's another interesting thing. I resisted sending text messages to my like business people and my, you know, like my groups and whatever for a very long time. So I thought it felt very invasive. So when I started sending text messages, all for the most, now some people would respond with a stop or whatever, but the vast majority of feedback I got was overwhelmingly positive. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That is interesting. I now, think of course, that- my text message system isn't working right. And I don't even know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, all of these things, it's like, you can't, it's, it's learning how to communicate back to your very first statement, learning back to how to communicate in the digital space is it's just like this ongoing game that we're all trying to kind of figure out. And it's funny because you're not physically in a space with someone. So there can be all these like, is this the right way to do it? Is is this gonna is this gonna be a problem? I don't. Is this gonna actually do the trick? I don't well, know. Thinking about when we all transi- transitioned over to Zoom, right? We had to come up with like protocols for Zoom space. Right. And there, while there are no actual written, maybe there, oh, there probably are Zoom protocols for school and stuff like that. But for the rest of us, so we're just out there flailing around trying to figure out what's appropriate for Zoom and what's not. Can my video be off? Can my video be on? Should I raise my hand? Should I not uh-huh. raise my hand? Should I go in the chat? Should I? And everyone who runs a Zoom call has like a different thing that they like, how mm-hmm. like how their Zoom call to be. So you have to kind of relearn the protocols and everything. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we we are already, we, we already as a culture just have a problem with boundaries. We're just not like, it's, they're just hard. They're just, you're a boundaryless culture. <laughs> yeah. So, so coming, if you come into the internet and social media with the, with the same kinds of, you know, thoughts about like uh, that, that struggle with boundaries, it's, it is hard to kind of figure out how do I navigate this? How do I take my own. I'm just laughing because ironically, even though culturally we have a lot of problems with boundaries, there is one spot in our society that has a ton of boundaries. We just call it red tape, right? So (laughs) if you want to like actually accomplish something like renewing your license or something like that, there's a ton of boundaries. (laughs) You got to climb up and over them and around them and find the one person who has a little opening in the boundary to let you in to actually renew your license. Is this this a recent experience for you? No, just an example. (laughs) I can come up with another one if you want. (laughs) I, that's, yeah. Yeah, I see it. I see what you're saying. I I don't want to say like, be like the government, but like (laughs) when it comes to boundaries, (laughs) set your red tape. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, Can't but there's a, a boundary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're only open from nine to 12 and two to four. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to really mail this package on my lunch break. I was hoping to have to leave my job. <laughs> <laughs> Good boundaries, U.S. postal system. <laughs> oh, way to spin that. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this like this, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. This <laughs> is probably yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna go down that road at all right now. <laughs> Don't go down that road because if you can't make it comical, it's gonna come across angry. Yep. 
not going to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, on that note, good boundary, Allison. <laughs> yeah. I had a, did you like that? Really good boundary. I loved it. I just, you were showing us a boundary. <laughs> <laughs> I just demonstrated it for you. Oh. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Angie pagers. I do remember pagers also. <laughs> <laughs> and you could like put the numbers to like spell certain, to kind of like spell certain words, right? I just remember the original phones where you had to hit a button five times to get the letter that you wanted. <laughs> That's why I didn't text. <laughs> um, wait, they still have black, uh, blackberries, blackbirds. What are they? Black, black. The ones where it has like a whole like, like keyboard. Keyboard. <laughs> Those were very fancy. They were very I, fancy. I they remember, were the fanciest. Yeah, I remember like. I didn't even see those until like we were married and Chris was at medical school. <laughs> we're like, oh, that's a fancy thing. <laughs> it's a blueberry. <laughs> it's a blueberry. <laughs> Raspberry. <laughs> Some sort of berry bird thing. Berry. <laughs> Why would you call it that anyway? What is it called? What is it really called? It's a blackberry? No, blueberry. Blackbird? What is it? What are those blackberry. things? A blackberry. <laughs> But as soon as I say it, it feels really weird. <laughs> is it a blackberry? Someone will correct us in the comments. <laughs> There's like no connection between the word blackberry and small phone that you has a full keyboard on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, was was it like what? How did that even have that name? Well, what, what was the what was the other one? There was another one that was like. It, it was actually like carrying around a mini computer. Oh my gosh, what was that called? <laughs> <gasps> oh, I'm gonna. What? That's like that? the cell phone now is a mini computer. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. There was nothing. It was like a. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, I'm sorry that we have to end the show now. On that note, <laughs> I'm gonna figure out what that was called and I'm going to put it in the comments. Um, okay. We do have to end, end the show, but one yes. really quick Xennial story. Um, so my kids got a phone case and on the back of the phone case, it's like the old school super Mario brothers game. So you like flip. Them. So I stole their phone case and I play super Mario brothers, the original one, <laughs> like the game boy version, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> like at night I'm like, <laughs> Um, yes, it's just a phone case though. There's no back to it. So it's like, you have to kind of, I don't know. <laughs> uh, wait, the case itself has. The case itself is like a Game Boy. It is like a Game Boy. Game Boy. But it's like a flat, thin, you know, oh my God. it has all the controls Funny. and everything. Home pilot. Home pilot. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> I knew there was another one. Which that makes more sense than Blackberry Palm it Pilot, right? It's in your palm. You could like do anything. You could take off Blackberry. <laughs> Where did that name even come from? Squishable <laughs> <laughs> and juicy. I mean, little I, like okay, squishable and juicy. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> all right. Oh, we have we do have a name for this. Somebody put it into the comments. It is. Dum, da, da, dum. It is vibing space. <laughs> vibing space. Vibing okay. space. Empowering vibing space. <laughs> Thank you. Just vibing Allison, space. Allison, I love you. Have a great I weekend. You. you too. 
everybody thank who you watched. to everybody for being here thanks for showing up <laughs> always you guys are always awesome i can't wait for the replay comments <laughs> <laughs> they're the best <laughs> bye everyone bye <laughs>